Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie, Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Yeah, that's not for me. <laughs> we didn't buy your vitamins. Uh huh, sure, your vitamins. Yeah, uh-huh. I got, I got prenatal <laughs> ones this time because they're the only ones that had uh, iron. Martha, iron do you have something to tell us? <laughs> <laughs> not even any uterus in there. Anymore. It's just attaching itself to your kidney. Yep. I'm hanging on. I'm having a kidney, baby. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, is that the it's, blanket thing? It's the oh. it's the hoodie blanket. Yeah. Oh, you fuzzy! Look at this. Didn't you say oh. that you wanted one of those yes. when we were talking and about it? Nobody them? got me one, so no. Is it soft? Because we all so suck. Soft. Only Bonnie is cool. <laughs> and it looks like storm clouds. That's why I like it. <laughs> it does look like storm clouds. Keith helped me pick it out. Full disclosure. It. I love it. I love it. I was it. I texting it. back and forth with Keith. I'm like, didn't she? Here's what Keith she said. She said, Oh, that's cool. Oh, yes, you should get that. That's all. That's <laughs> oh, all. I like that. I did. <laughs> it's like a <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right. And you wear a blanket over your lap in the summertime too, you cold-blooded bitch. I do. <laughs> I totally do. Thanks for the prenatal vitamins, Bonnie. These are awesome. You're <laughs> no, no problem. It's all about keeping you healthy, That's keeping right. you around. Got to keep my iron up. To get you through your queen age years. <laughs> my queen age. <laughs> oh my god, I laughed so hard when I saw that. I'm like every queen song. I was just song. finding the best TikToks this morning. I sent my mom one. I said, "I'm like some. Jesus. What? What?" See, your TikTok must still be a happy place. My TikTok is a war zone. Literally. Not well, it's all about what you watch and what yeah. you don't. And I've been zooming right past those real quick. Oh, see, I, I have like so an obsessive need. I will say, though, that Ukraine's president is the shit. He is totally yeah. the shit. Tyler I mean, was talking about that today. When I he mean, was over. any guy who says, you know, they're, they're like, oh, well, we're going to have to get you out of there because you're going to get assassinated. He's like, dude, I don't need a ride. I need more weapons. Talk about brave. How brave is that? He knows that Putin's going to try to kill him. He's like a hitman. He's number one on the list, man. He was quite literally a stand-up comedian who did a sketch as the Ukrainian president. And then everyone's like, bro, like you should run for president. And he was like, okay. That's crazy. because you yeah. know shit like that happens here trying to be happy and talking about you know that I, I was um yeah <laughs> it's like you're trying to be happy here's the other thing that i liked and i know everybody saw this because it was so fucking cool the old woman that was standing in front of a russian guy <gasps> yes. and she says to him here's some sunflower seeds put these in your pocket because when you die on your ukrainian soil at least flowers will bloom and the sunflower is the ukrainian um, I mean, how country flower. awesome is that? Yeah, that's their country flower. Pretty dark, that's, dude. It's pretty dark. She's badass. I want to be her in my next life, too. It's also, to my other favorite people that I've learned about on TikTok from all of this, uh, other than the president, is the 13 service members that were on Snake oh, Island. Oh, yes. So the Russian warship, for those who don't know, the Russian warship like radioed in and was like, hey, give it up or we're going to kill you. And they literally were like, fuck you, Russia. And like, let them bomb them. Like yep. that, that was their literal response over the intercom was fuck you. They Russia. were instantly martyred and everybody yeah. around the world is talking about them now. And there was another Ukrainian soldier. They were trying, they were trying to blow up bridges to keep Russia out. And there was one that had, they had all the detonation like set up and they didn't have time to run the trigger and so he like sacrificed himself he radioed to the unit and said i'm gonna light it because there we don't have time oh and i can't remember his name because i probably would say it wrong anyway but if you like you can he's all over tiktok right now well like his story can you tell that the book girls stand firmly with ukraine hell yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely And Anonymous is hacking all of Russian's government websites and crashing them one by one. Although I feel really bad for the people of Russia who are standing in the streets 
Yes. Protesting against this because they don't want it. They know how hard it's going to be when everybody in the world is against them. Well, and well, I mean, it's happened before. And the Russian people suffer. Not. Yes, they do. So I feel bad for the Russian people as well. And and then the anonymous announcement, they're like, P.S. Tons of our hackers are Russian. Like (laughs) they're fighting you from the inside, bro. Like, love it. You know, Mr. Keith told me something interesting. Yes, last night that um, Pornhub won't let Russian people get on the site. Instead, if you try and get on the Pornhub site, it shows a big Ukrainian flag. And I said, that's that's unhappy for the people in Russia that support the Ukraine and also want to watch porn. Somebody said that um, the Ukrainian president should be Times Person of the Year for 2022. They're like, no, no doubt. A hundred percent. They're like, we've decided already. It's end of February and we've already solved it for the year. Yep. It'll end up being somebody stupid. Let's talk about something that isn't depressing. Can we please change the subject? I know it sucks. So I did something today. What did you do today? Did something? I, well, yeah, kind of. I did, did a something. thing today. What did you do? <clears throat> well, it, it's not just today, but I decided since my fat ass won't go to the gym alone, I would just go ahead and buy some stuff for the house. And okay. Tyler actually came over to help me set it up today. And oh my God, I am so fucking tired from just setting up the gym equipment that I bought. <laughs> that That's the workout no right there. Out. Uh, yep. I sat down for a few minutes and then I got up to go do some stuff before I got on the Zoom call. And it's like I was hobbling around like an old lady going, oh, my God, my body hurts. And I haven't even worked out yet. So the gym equipment you bought, what did you buy? Yeah. What'd you get? You didn't tell us. Um, I got a treadmill and a rowing machine. Wow. Dang. Because, well, I mean, they're not like super expensive. I mean, you know, I bought stuff that was on sale because, you know, I'm broke. Still. Still. I don't have a rowing machine. Rowing machines are great. The rowing machine was Tyler's idea because Tyler's going to come over and work out at my house too. Of course. That was not altruistic. When I had a treadmill before, I used it all the time. And when I moved into a different apartment, I didn't have room for it. So I got rid of it and... I should have never gotten rid of it. But see, if Tyler comes over and works out, then he can let my dog out at lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the altruism. Yeah. So not a lot of altruism happening on either end of this scenario. (laughs) He gets to save money and gets to work out. And I don't have to worry about coming home from lunch. It's symbiotic relationship. Symbiotic. That's the word we were looking for. Yes. That's pretty cool. I don't know a whole lot about treadmill maintenance, but I think I need to um, oil the, the whatchamacallit? Google the, it. The, the treadmill part? The whatchamacallit? The, the belt. The belt. Ah. I, I think I need to, because I just got on it long enough to like try it, was and it, it seemed like it was dragging a little stuttering? bit. Stuttering? So I probably... Mm, no, it was squeaking. just... It was... <laughs> I'm going to do a complete female thing. It was saying, shh. <laughs> when, I was, when I was walking on it so it seemed like there was a little drag so I, I probably need to lubricate it more because you know lubrication is important yeah it is yeah it is mm-hmm. I Don't. have a little news to share okay I've been using this app called lose it and logging all my food and stuff yeah and when I put on my radio station shirt today it was like baggy around them so i'm i'm you never real because you see yourself every day you don't realize if you're if you're making any progress at all and it's been like three weeks four weeks since i've been doing it and my underwear are looser does that count (laughs) yes are you sure they're not the really old pair and all the stuff's all stretched out it depends. No. The hole for the pubic hair. The <laughs> yeah. one that I cut out so that I could French braid. <laughs> exactly. No. It. no. Be like one Yay. of those one of those no. caps for um, highlighting. You know. Uh huh. <laughs> what it is? Just pull no, the bits out, and then you can then you could. Uh, I had to give throw yourself those a... ones away. Oh yeah. 
No, there's no braiding. I had to trim all that shit. It was getting caught in my underwear too much. <laughs> and it oh, sucks Lord. when you're walking and all of a sudden it tugs your freaking pubic hair. Yeah. You're like, God damn it. <laughs> Time to shave. Like, excuse me. <laughs> Got to do a man move and adjust my balls. <laughs> Pulling my pubic hair again. I cannot with you people. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, in your in your wildest dreams, did you ever consider that you might be in the company of people like us talking about things like this to the public? Never. <laughs> Never. Well, there has to be somebody out there who has gotten their pubic hair caught in the elastic of their underwear. Well, you know what? I cannot be the only person. Not on my last on like dear my like on a pad, yes. Well, you see, I think that's what, Everywhere. what gives us appeal is that we say the things that people are thinking, <laughs> you know, they might think these things themselves and think I'm a weirdo for thinking that, but then they hear us say it and they're like, Hey, I'm not as weird as I thought. That is so cool. Now you guys are making me want to go like lift weights while we podcast and eat an apple and be healthy. But I miss with cookies. Hmm? I, miss I said I miss cookies. You know, there the are trade-offs. You guys, ever. there are trade-offs to our health journey here, okay? It, they never said it was going to be easy. Nope. So, Or that it would be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I, and it's always worth it. It has to be I worth just, it in the end. Right? I just Because then we'll be like, healthier. I don't normally snack at work. I don't have a snack. Pro like, Whereas if I get like yeah. my hot chocolate when I first get there and then like... I'm good till we have breakfast at nine and then we don't eat again until 12 or 1230. And I'm like, I'm good. I don't, I don't get snacky very rarely. Unless it's yeah. PMS. PMS, I get snacky. If you're drinking hot chocolate like that, then yeah, you wouldn't get hungry. Nope, <laughs> I, wouldn't you, get I, only, I would drink that. Well, see, and then you're drink... living like a hummingbird where it's like the constant sugar, 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 sugar. Yeah. yeah. A hummingbird. And, like Imagine how long that tongue must be. A hummingbird? Yeah. Now you're getting into my territory. Yeah. <laughs> imagine the humming. Imagine your boyfriend was a hummingbird. Yeah, but that'd be one sharp beak to try to contend with. That's You'd true. Poking, Just one little slip. holes and one little slip. That yeah, that would be. Yeah. Dude, that's worse than a razor nick. Maybe he's Plus, got. Like, maybe he's got amazing control. You don't know. If you cut that little thing underneath your tongue, like people have done that. So that then they'll have a longer tongue. Oh, that. Well, you know, when Dylan yeah. was little, he was um, tongue-tied. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Yeah. So that his tongue wouldn't come out from behind his teeth because it was connected. Right. So they had to do a thing where they took a thing in there and cut that little thing underneath his tongue so that he could have a... Because he but probably would have... completely cut it. No, he probably would have had a bad speech impediment if they hadn't cut yeah. it. Some people completely cut it, and then, like, their tongues hang. Like, I think that guy from Kiss, that's Gene why Simmons. his tongues belong, oh, because yeah. he's done that. I mean, people do that on purpose. I it's think like that that piercing would just, your penis. Like, wow, some people go to hurt. a lot of lengths. Well, the book sale was right. not as much fun this year, you guys, because it, the weather was horrible and everybody Did ever even come down well Kayla came but she, yeah, came, she but she didn't make it the night before to stay like the original plan she ended uh. up coming on set on Friday and she brought a friend and she brought her son because mm. I guess his girlfriend lives here so they I hate how they line the books up because yeah, you're like reading sideways yeah like I feel like they could run them this way though no you and... can't like so you can everyone's like walking around like sideways trying to read the spines because they're going like the long way on the table and it, makes it has it, more to do with some people I have can to... read not sideways yes they can like seriously can. you can't I can read i can way. but when i'm looking at a table that has no sense of organization to it and you're trying to be like what where are we i've just like honestly when i go to a book sale i need to go through each table like yep three or four times yeah, me too I mean, but i'm also that bitch that crawls under the table and too. looks in the boxes yeah. and people hate me but did you go back again today I martha i did i went back but i i also went back with 
with a different idea in mind. And that is there's got to be a way to recover the books that are ex-library books. There's got to be a way to do it. There's got to be a way, because you know when they stamp, it's usually only one page or maybe you, two pages. What do you mean when they stamp? The ink. So there's yeah. got to be a way to get that off. What does it matter? Because if you're a book collector, you don't want that because then when... It's not worth as much money. It's not worth as much money if it's defaced. If hmm. I'm buying it for a dollar at the book sale, I don't care that much. I do. I do care. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I usually like them. Like we have a store that sells um, library bindings, and I like that I can snip off the little plastic thing, and then mm-hmm. they're beautiful underneath. Yeah, yeah they I'm are. Snip the Although off. our libraries don't stamp on the book; they stamp it on the plastic thing. Like they usually have like a yeah. little piece of paper on the. But you know what I do hate? They're, but what I'm saying is, book restorers must have a secret to removing those things from books there's got to be something a stamp i can't imagine i can't either i'm hopeful you know what you should do okay you know what you do you buy a book plate and you get the author to sign it and then you attach it over that stamp there you go now that is smart so do you guys have a lot of book resellers go to your things like with their luggage oh i'm glad you mentioned that because I, I was so pissed off at this guy that was in front of me yesterday. He was going down. He was right in front of me as I was trying to look. He came right down the line and he took every single book. He didn't even look at them. All he was doing was looking to see if there were library copies. And he took every single fucking one right in front of me. Everyone that was not a Everyone that was copy. not a library at first, I was like, what the fuck is that guy doing? He's not even look, And that's what he was doing. He's going down the line. He was taking every single one out. And he had them piled clear up. And he didn't even look at them. Because like, he's just reselling. motherfucker. Get out well, of my he- way. But this guy wasn't even being, I mean, it was like his main idea was to get every single book out of there so nobody else could have any. Yeah. Right. Have you, have and you he guys probably ever went heard of later. fluff melons? Like, I think that's what? what they're called. Like, it's a new, like... A fluff melon? Fluff melon, I think they're called. Is a what? It's like a collectible. It's almost like what what were they? The beanie babies that were so Squishmallow? Squishmallow. Okay, (laughs) squishmallow. I don't know. I don't collect them. Okay. Well, anyways. That's awesome. Tyler talked me into giving a Costco card. Tyler talks me into a lot of shit. He talked me into a Costco card and I found out later that the whole reason he wanted a Costco card is because they sell these squishmallows there. Squishmallows? Squishmallows. Squishmallow. Mellows. Like, like a marshmallow. And, and Kaylee collects them. So they go Jesus. over there and they're looking for this one specific one that's like a cow or some shit like that because Kaylee didn't have that one. And the guy was getting down boxes and there was some cows in there and he's handed him one. He's like, you better take this now quick before somebody else gets them. And they're like, people like are buying you out of them. He's like, yeah, they buy them and then resell them on the internet for double the price. Yep. I've seen it because you can't find them. And I'm like, Really? I just that that's true of everything. Martha knows my husband collects He-Man and they do that with the He-Man toys. They go to Walmart, they get all the He-Mans when they first come out, like all the first like run, and then they sell them online for a million dollars for the people who can't be patient. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Keith and I did a lot of toy shopping when she was in town. (laughs) It was really fun. Yeah, because you know I I resemble He Man a little bit on the on the in the hair. You do not in the hair. You, you do know, not. He Man has bangs. He has blonde she hair. She keeps saying that, and I keep telling her. I have her. a He Man hairdo. No. Have you ever? There is, and I don't know if I could find it because I would have to look. It was a long time ago that I found it. There is a YouTube video of He Man singing the "What's Going On" song. Yes. Oh my God. It's so fucking hilarious. That thing is so funny. And the end, like when they're like, they're bringing out like that cake or whatever. (laughs) You need to find it and watch it because it's just, it's. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's so sad. That's crazy. It's, It's hilarious. 
Squishmelon reminds me of somebody. I liked Fluffmelon. I'm going to start calling them that, and my kids will yell at me. <laughs> Squishmelon. Like, it's not a Fluffmelon. Dude, there's a store that sells a penis one, and it's <gasps> the best thing I've ever seen. Around And penis? my kids get so pissed because I send them the link, and I'm like, look, it's my Christmas present. They're like, mother. And I'm like, what? <laughs> mother. You know it's awful if they use the whole thing. Mother. They they have one that looks like pancakes, but it kind of looks like me before I put my shirt on and I already have my pants on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like bloop, bloop. All right. I think Is it's there anything to... squishy in your book, Bonnie? Um, Jesus Christ, what a transition. That's whatever. Squishy. Murder, dead things. Well, it is about a love triangle. Yeah, see, there's squishing happening. I love triangle with a uh, World War II backdrop. Oh, of course. It seems only appropriate that we read World War II books as we enter World War III. I'm just saying. I know. I, I'm really kind of, I think that's one of the things that's got me freaked out so much about the whole Ukraine thing. It's like, oh my God, I read about this in my books. Yeah. And it's happening for real. Because we've already lived it once. Damn it. <laughs> Can I just pause through this whole thing and just read the books as they come out later no you can't hit you can't hit fast forward we're, we're just gotta live in it damn it i know okay my book this week is called eternal by lisa scatoline and this starts out about three main people in italy in 1935 ish it's elizabetto Marco and Sandro, and they all grew up together from little kids. They were best friends, went and did everything together. And they're all very different people. Marco is, I almost think that he's dyslexic. He has a learning disorder. So he's doesn't do very well in school because of course, you know, they don't know what learning disorders are then. Dog snoring. Yes. Jesus Christ. Isn't she adorable? She needs to not snore so fucking loud. So Marco is athletic and very charming. And he's super smart, but not very book smart because of his learning disorder. And Sandro is Jewish and is a mathematical prodigy. Like he's super smart. He like goes to special classes and... To a special school. Are you laughing Martha's at the dog? Martha's going to kill Echo dog when she goes to crazy. I God, can. I can't believe you're making me wake up my dog. What <laughs> she is making, so, she's so distracting. She's so loud. I can hear it. It sounds like a human like, like in the background <laughs> grunting. Yeah. Ooh. That's just um, Pornhub that I have on in the corner. <laughs> oh, Thank God you're not in Russia. Jesus. I was going to say, are you streaming for the Russians? Are you like, yeah, I'm going to help you all out. I'm going to stream it for you. You have a, you, I know, Bonnie, I know you have a burner phone on TikTok Live right now just for the Russians <laughs> to be able to watch their porn, huh? I, I know you do. Those Russians want their porn. I'm telling you. Serious. Just trying to, just trying to help somebody out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay. So back to Sandro, who's super smart, um, shy, not very, I mean, he's charming in his own way, but he's kind of shy. He's more of an introvert. He's more of our kind of people. Let's just say that. Ah. Yay. And Elisabetta is smart. She loves to read books. And she also has kind of a, a strange home life because her dad was a, a painter and an artist. And um, a long time ago, he broke the fingers of his hands. So he was no longer able to paint and he found solace in alcohol. So now he's a bit of an alcoholic. Mom is very bitter about dad being an alcoholic, yada, yada, so on and so forth. So there's the back set. And as they grow up, Marco and Sandro both fall in love with Elisabetta. Elisabetta loves them both. She doesn't know which one to choose because they're so very different. Marco is charming and sweet and very outgoing for the audience out there right now the reason that you hear that weird sound in Vani's review is that her dog is snoring and i couldn't cut it out now now she's probably gonna have to go to the bathroom because these treats make her have to poop well hurry up with your goddamn review then 
<laughs> She's so bossy. My she is God, today. why do we put up with her? Why do you put up with me? I'm such a bitch. If it wasn't your birthday, I'd be driving out to Tuttle just to smack you in the boob. <laughs> boob punch. Boob punch. <laughs> but then I'd have to put my bra back on and I don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, nothing's worth that. <laughs> okay, Bonnie, back to death. Okay, so while all of this is happening. What? It's Italy in World War II. There's going to be death. Spoilers. Sorry, Bonnie. While all this is happening, Mussolini asserts his power and they align, you know, the fascists align with Hitler and the Nazis. And of course, they occupy Rome and yada, yada, so on and so forth. You know, sanctions start on the Jews and so on and so forth. I don't know. They're not like collecting the Jews and sending them to concentration camps. That's not really like something that's front and center in this book. And that's one thing that's a little bit different from this book to the ones that I usually read. This is more focused on the relationship between Isabetta and Marco and Sandro and how she can't decide which one because she loves them both. She loves Marco's outgoing charm, but she loves Sandro's intelligence and that she can talk books with him and everything else. And plus, while this is happening... She also has, you know, all of this stuff going on in her personal life that she doesn't feel like she can share with either one of them. And so she's very torn on what to do about her relationships between them. And of course, you know, while this is happening, Marco, being from a fascist family, starts working for the government. And so he's more on one side where Sandro, who's Jewish, is more on the other side because, you know, they start having sanctions against Jewish people and they're not allowed to, you know, work with the public and all of the other restrictions that they had. And it was, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I don't want to give it away for anyone who wants to read it because there's a whole lot more that happens. It, It was a really great book. And what I liked about it also is that Marco and Sandro are also best friends. Oh so, no, that's horrible. And they both you should have led are in love that. with this the same woman, but yet they're not bitter towards each other. They don't end up hating each other because because of it. They don't let it come between their friendship. I mean, does that make sense? It makes yes. sense, but I don't think it's realistic. In my books, it would be. <laughs> Well, it's not She'd like just they take all... them both and they'd both be fine with it. <laughs> just bounce back and forth. Now I've read some books yeah. like that. It's just, you know, instead of a triangle, they all come together in one point. Yeah. But Polyamorous, baby. That isn't exactly what happens in this book because it is 1937, oh. 1940, right around there. They don't do that kind of shit. Nuts. But. No, That's they just why don't I never tell. Write, read historical <laughs> romance. Well, but it it was it was a really good book. I didn't think that I would like it because it was focused more on the relationship part of the story between the three people, the, or the three characters, than the war part of it. And you know, I you like, like war I like war. I like the war part, but I really did like it, and I really liked all three of the characters. Well, I mean, I just like the bad people, but I was gonna say, wait a second. Mussolini was involved. You didn't dislike him? Well, I disliked the bad people. The three main characters were good. Okay. I even liked the alcoholic father because he was alcoholic but not mean. But he wasn't so drunk that he was belligerent. So maybe the mom. I guess if I had to dislike anyone, the mom kind of You're allowed to like everybody in your book, Bonnie. Except for Mussolini and Hitler. <laughs> and the secret police, of and course. Them. Yeah, you can't yeah. like the Gestapo. Didn't like them. The Gestapo. But it was it was well written. I think <laughs> the, somebody... The, what? The Gestapo. She called them the Gestapo. Let money finish and I'll tell you the story. Okay. For anyone who wants to try a World War II book, but usually reads romance novels, this might be a good one to start with since it is so focused on relationships, is what I was going to say. And again, that was called Eternal by Lisa Scottaline. And yeah, it was it was a really good book. I was surprised that I liked it. 
Which guy likes the books? Sandro. He's I would have picked one, him. That's the mathematical prodigy also. Yep, I'd like have he him. goes to work. I like my engineer. But then he might be too smart. If he's a prodigy, he might not be like a people person. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If he can talk about books with me, I don't care. Ron's not a people person. <laughs> Fair. And he's the love well, of my life. Well, I guess you would so. have to read the book to see who she chooses. Okay, oh, gazpacho thanks. woman. What the hell? Okay, so wait, explain. Wait, wait, is this wait a let, let her reference. Give no, poor Vaughnie. Her fucking review was I'm like. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's okay. I'm scattered she did today. Give, she did give title and artist again. Okay, all right. So, I don't know if you've been following the news lately. No. But Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is dumber than a wet paper bag filled with hammers so anyway what she does is she she's talking about how um people are like policing those people that won't wear masks and whatnot and she called them the gazpacho oh my god yes and that really happened <laughs> that's oh, how like, dumb oh. she is so every time oh, they're like a says, cold soup yes so or every time somebody soup. says Gestapo. Gestapo. Now I think of Marjorie Taylor Greene, the idiot who said gazpacho. Fair enough. Because <laughs> she's a dumbass. Fair enough. That's all right. So let's move right along, shall we? Mm-hmm. Keith, Keith, what, what did you bring to the party? Today? Anything good? I did not read Smut this week. Yay! <gasps> there, is, there is a romance in it, but it, it's not really the, the main point of the book. So the book I read is called The Unsinkable Greta James by Jennifer E. Smith. It comes out on March 1st, and it is going to be, for those people who do book of the month, it's going to be the one of the March picks. And this book was, so it's about, obviously, Greta James. And Greta James is this pretty famous indie musician. She basically, like, she's not famous enough to do world tours, but she does a lot of, you know, domestic tours and it's the kind of thing where you might not know her name, but when her song, her hit songs come up, you're like, oh, oh, that one. Uh, so her mother ha- has always been her biggest fan. It was, she is 36. She has really struggled to make it where she is in the music world. So she, it wasn't like she got discovered and woo, blew up. She's tried really hard to get where she is. And her mother has recently died. She died of a brain aneurysm very, very suddenly. And Greta, she had a big, uh, a big festival that she was singing at, and she tried to sing this new song for her mother that she wrote for her mother. And her mother had just died maybe three months prior, and she basically breaks down on stage and can't keep singing and then just kind of leaves and just doesn't continue. And then she takes a break for a while because she just can't get back to music. And it's really upsetting her career. She has a second album that she's supposed to be doing publicity for. And basically everybody in her camp is telling her, okay, this coming Sunday is this huge musical music festival in New York and you have to do it and you have to hit it out of the park and not mess up. And otherwise your career is going to tank. Her father is Conrad and she and her mom had this very close relationship. And as close as her relationship with her mother was is as not close to her father. Her father basically has come right out very often and said that he doesn't he doesn't agree with her profession. He thinks that she shouldn't be a musician. It's not stable. She he would much rather her be like an accountant or something well, something fun. regular like that. Something stable, something with a future. So he's really uh, kind of against her music career and they butt heads with it all the time. And Conrad and his wife scheduled this huge one week long cruise to Alaska for their 40th anniversary. And of course his wife has died. So he is going to go on his own. And her older brother says to Greta, you are not performing right now. You have a week. I really think dad shouldn't be alone on this cruise. And meanwhile, she's like, um, (laughs) being on a cruise with my father, who I don't really get along with sounds like torture. 
but she's convinced to go. So they are on this Alaskan cruise and she meets, this is the strangest idea of entertainment for a cruise ship that I've ever heard of, but she meets this author and he has written a fictionalized account of Jack London's life. And it's this huge bestseller. It was his first book. His next book is supposed to be about, oh shoot, who, uh, who's the guy that wrote Moby Dick? All I'm coming up with is the first line of Moby Dick. I was like, Ishmael? I know, I'm like terrible. Okay, well, I know, I can't think of it either. Anyway, so his next book is supposed to be about the man. It's supposed to be kind of the same thing, but about the man who writes Moby Dick. Herman Melville. Herman Melville, thank you, Mark. I didn't Google it, it came to me. No, I could, all I could remember is the Melville part. I thought it was his first name. So he wrote this amazing book, but he loves Jack London. And that's why he's on this cruise. And one of the, one, and he's part of the entertainment of the cruise line. He gives all, he gives these lectures about Jack London and tells them about Alaska because he's this Jack London expert. And uh, Greta meets him and they are completely incompatible but they kind of, they're both going through stuff. He just separated from his wife. He has two young girls and he's trying to figure out what's going on with his life in his ex-family's lives. He doesn't know if they're getting divorced or if they're getting back together. So he's going through something. Greta's going through something because she is basically losing the only thing that mattered to her as much as her mom, which is her music. And she has to do this festival the day after the cruise is finished. So the entire time that is over her head. And this book, I read a ton of books. You guys know that. And so I hate saying like really early in the year, it's freaking February. I hate saying, oh, this is going to make it into my top 10. But seriously, this book is probably going to make it into my top 10 or maybe my top five. This book was amazing. I think anyone who has ever had a situation like with a parent that they love, but maybe they don't like so much, had one of those kind of relationships, this will really resonate. Just the situation between the daughter and the father is done really, really well. It's really honest and realistic. Even the relationship between like this indie rocker who's pretty famous and this author, I I mean, to people who shouldn't work together on paper, basically. Right. Um, That whole thing is really flushed out really well. The entire book was just really well written. Um, It's written by this, I believe this is Jennifer Smith's first adult novel. Usually she writes young adult novels. Uh, Jennifer E. Smith, excuse me. But um, it's one of those books that you can, you read really quickly, but it's just full of so many interesting turns just with the relationships. And it's so realistic. It was really amazing. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, And that again was The Unsinkable Greta James by Jennifer E. Smith. It sounds like it really hit the spot for you. And that's it really did. Awesome. I mean, I think just it really highlights the way families often are, but aren't mentioned. I mean, mm-hmm. so often yep. you talk about families and you don't talk about the real stuff where, I mean, there are a lot of families that have dysfunction or that have relationships that aren't so great. Most and of this, them. Yeah. And this really didn't sugarcoat anything there's no like super glossed over ending i mean it was just very real awesome nice awesome. it sounds really good actually like that sounds like i really movie. liked it okay megan so i am reviewing city of villains by estelle laurie and this is actually a book that my rachel found first and like described it to me and i was like yes And then I saw the cover and I was like, even more yes. So the cover has like a silhouette of uh, Maleficent on the wall. And then there's like a girl kind of dressed like a badass Katniss, kind of look like all black, like running along the side of the wall. And there's like 
octopus tentacles like behind her. So you're like, okay, we're setting this up for some Disney villain awesomeness. And then it's exactly what it is. Um, so this is basically a, like a, a hybrid story of like Disney villains, Disney villain descendants, and Gotham all rolled into one. So it's set in New York, but it has a very Gothamy feel. Like it's not like normal like New Gothamy York. sounds like Goth- Gothamer. Gothamy. Yes, <laughs> it feels very goth. Like even when I first read it, I was like, "This feels like like Disney villains meets Gotham," and that's literally what it says in the in the blurb. So Mary Elizabeth Hart is our main character, and she has her boyfriend, and they live in what is known as the Scar. So when they were younger, and this is not a spoiler because it happens on like page three, um, they were sitting outside. They're like starting to become boyfriend, girlfriend. Like they've been best friends and they're about to like cross that little line, right? Um, And they're sitting out on like the fire escape in true New York, how I envision New York fashion, people just hanging out and whatever. And there's this brand new like giant skyscraper building that's been built like in the area. And um, all of a sudden, with it full of people for opening night, it disappears. Just poof, gone. And that area becomes known as the Scar because there's like a giant hole where this building used to be. And the Scar is also where there used to be magic. And there are like kind of two facets in this group uh, in this part of the Scar that like the people who had magic in their ancestry and the people who did not. Um, And some people are trying to still get the magic back. Other people are like, we don't know what we did to it, but we killed it. It's gone. It's never coming back. But Mary Elizabeth, her boyfriend is in like a notorious family, like kind of like a crime family from the sounds of his family. And then she has her best friend, her parents. So she's kind of like your Bruce Wayne, like her parents were murdered early on. And so she's like super buddy, buddy with the detective. Um, because like they're trying to solve the crime and she's like interning at the police station as like a sophomore in high school maybe she's a junior and there's a classmate of hers who's like part of one of the wealthiest families who goes missing and she kind of ends up on the case trying to like solve it but really she's like kind of like shanghai's her way into the case like she's like no i'm on this like we're figuring this out so her and her partner are like running around trying to like find like video footage and things. And the scar is always the perfect weather. Like it's not snowing, it's not raining. Like it's just like this bubble of perfect weather. And then you get outside of it and you're in the city and it's like normal New York weather. So there's lots of weird things that happen. Like she'll be like, and I walked into the scar and it was gorgeous. And I walked to work and it's like snowing and thunderstorming. Uh, But the whole story is her trying to solve this disappearance and then there's some more disappearances and I don't want to give those away. And what happens to those people where the building is or was rather the big crater filled with water and became like a lake. And there's like all kinds of like legends of like, if you go and if you try to swim in the lake, like you're going to die or turn into a monster or like, there's all these legends about the lake. So we don't know how many of those are true or how many of those are not true. Um, but she spends the entirety of the book trying to solve where her because they're her classmates are all just like disappearing and what's happening to them and why people want them um and her boyfriend has some secrets that he's not sharing and it's really cool um and it's not a spoiler because it's in the blur but you have like reimagined origins of like Maleficent and Ursula and like Captain Hook. And like, you're getting all like, as you're reading and like learning about like different characters, like, Oh, I bet this is going to, this is going to be like Ursula, or I bet this person's going to be this. So it's kind of cool. So it's not quite like the descendant series that Disney has. That's actually like part of their control um, that they did the movies on. So they're not necessarily like the children of the descendants, but it kind of still has a little bit of that descendants vibe as well as, like the origin stories of some of the best known Disney villains. Um, And if you like Batman, it definitely has a Gotham feel to it, which is kind of fun. Um, Yeah. And I'm sure there will be more in this series. This is just the first one. 
because it definitely ends on a cliffhanger and I'm like, I need to know more. I need to know where all these damn people went and why <laughs> things are happening the way they're happening. Um, and she's a badass, which is always fun to read about a badass female character who's just not taking anybody's shit. <laughs> yeah, I love badass yeah. women. Yes. <laughs> and that is City of Villains by Estelle Laurie. Okay, I read a book this week called The Paradox Hotel by Rob Hart. You may recall a book called The Warehouse that I reviewed a couple of years ago, which was one of my favorites that year. It was really good. And so I have been on hold for this one for six months because the minute I knew it was coming out, I got on the hold list for it. You were still on hold for six months. Sheesh. Yeah. That happens all the time for me. I get on as soon as I know that they're going to have it and then just sit there and wait. It's about a hotel that is, I believe, next door or near to a time travel gate. And the main character's name is January Cole. She is a, she's head of, well, I don't know if she's head of security. She works security. And you find out pretty quickly that she has a condition called being unstuck because she's worked security in time travel, which makes it so that she has flashbacks and flash forwards in time. Now, there were a lot of things about this book that didn't quite hit the mark for me. But at the end of the day, I rounded it up because there were so many fun and cool things that went on. It got me right away because when the one of the opening scenes is she she goes into one of the rooms in the paradox and she sees this dead body and he looks fresh but yet the maid is in there and cleaning around him and she's like don't you see this do you not see this and of course the maid doesn't see a thing ew yeah and see she's the reason that she doesn't was sad sad fact of how many times that actually happened no no I want to know don't tell me no 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 no. I think probably what didn't work about this book is the fact that she's supposedly unstuck so that's so chaotic to try and read it because you never know exactly when you are because she's she's constantly running into her ex-girlfriend in the hallways of this hotel so she'll she'll revisit these spaces in time so she sees her dead ex-girlfriend in constantly all around the hotel. And she sees all these scenes. She sees all this stuff going on that's not really there. And so it's really super hard to follow. And I mean, it didn't happen very often. I thought it was a, a fairly good book from the standpoint of the action kept moving. You know, I didn't want to stop reading it, which is huge for me. Right. I was very engaged in the story. I read it all the way through. I didn't have to stop and read another book at the same time like I often do when I get bored. So I'm giving it a good rating based on that because it really was a very engaging read. There were things about it that cracked me up. For example, there's this one section in it that there are velociraptors loose in the hotel. Yay! I'm so, what exactly? I like it. You I know like that a good the dinosaur. and and the other thing is there are several different things going on at once. You know about this murder. She's trying to figure out who it is, who the guy is. So the the mystery of it is really what ended up keeping me there because I wanted to know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> so that part of the mystery was really compelling. They're also going through the hotel is for sale. And all of these really super bigwigs are there to do this auction or bidding or something. Some of the details on that were a bit unclear to me. But they're they're all there at the hotel and you know that it's being sold. And sometimes she gets flashes of future things that she's not supposed to get. So it's super confusing. But you see some of it come together at the end you see some of the things that really get resolved. I wasn't 100% happy with the ending. It kind of fell slightly flat for me. But overall, the experience of reading the book was very pleasurable. 
So I gave it four stars because I enjoyed the ride. It was fun. It was a fun ride. Even if half the time I didn't know what the fuck was going on, I figured, you know, (laughs) it's time travel. You're not really supposed to know 100% of everything that's going on. I persevered. So that is the long and the short of it. I'm slightly disappointed that I didn't love it as much as I loved his first novel. But that usually tends to happen with number two. Yeah. So I am still going to give Rob Hart another try for number three when he gets that done. I hope it's not a sequel because I freaking hate sequels. Anyway, (laughs) The Paradox Hotel by Rob Hart. Very entertaining. Very inventive. Some really cool concepts. And for a future lover like me, I dig all that. So that's that. How are we tying this bad boy back together? Velociraptors, hotel rooms. I can think of a million ways that that could become one of my books. Okay, come on. Bring it. All of your books could become one of my books. Vonnie's could have become one of my books because she picks both guys. Megan's, I mean, a whole bunch of ways because, I mean, she... So basically what you're trying to do is... I could turn anything into smut. You're trying to weave everything into some kinky sex That's what I do. Yeah, well, velociraptors, they have... Do they have longer arms than T-Rexes do? Because yes. I, I think they kind of they do. They have really long arms. See. And they're super smart. Yeah. If it yeah. weren't for and all those fast. teeth. Oh, my God. All those teeth. That would just be, you know. So the hummingbird, little bitty sharp, to- sharp beak is okay with you. But dinosaur teeth are too much. Yeah. Yep. I wonder how long a velociraptor tongue is. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, but all those teeth. Oh, they're so pointy. I'd be more worried about those claws. Yeah, the yeah, claws so, would be super claws. Yeah, the claws would I be. I mean, you'd have Chris to wear Pratt a has them tamed. You'd so have to wear a fun. chainmail shirt for it to be one of Keith's. You know books. what you need to do? You know how they make caps for the cat claws? Oh. You get velociraptor cat caps, and you take a file while he's sleeping, and you just sand down his teeth. How about mittens? Mittens. <laughs> A velociraptor with mittens on. Vonnie, that's your new thing. You need to start start knitting some mittens. Mittens. I'm thinking that with your mittens. The claws are sharp, then it's just going to go through anything that I crochet. That's that's true. Maybe the chainmail needs to be on the hands. Chainmail. Yes, chainmail mittens. Guys, we already know how to to tame them. Chris Pratt showed us. You just go like this. Just hold your hands out. Blue, stop. Stop. What are you and training them to do, though? That's the question. You're training them to stop, so no. they don't eat you. I thought maybe you were fixing to do the Dougie. <laughs> Possible. You never know. I may be dancing. Maybe that's how you stop the velociraptors. They just want to dance. No, that's it. If it's slide. one of Keith's that's why they're books, angry. we have They're to just ch- looking for some disco music, man. Exactly. <laughs> and some loving. Yep. Disco music and loving. That's all those dinosaurs wanted. But geez, instead they got an asteroid. They're just looking for their own Studio 54. For some reason, that's the disco song that popped into my mind. (laughs) Uh, And Skeletor. And Skeletor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I want to boogie. Every time I see a a He Man meme or something on Facebook, that's all I can think of is that. You want to go, what's going on? And I said, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, now you have to share it with the rest of the world so we can see what's going on. I have to find it because it was oh, hard I'll to find it. I'm and sure I'll put Keith, it on the website Keith and then we'll right. all find it. Yes. Put it on the website. Keith is the queen. It's so hilarious. She'll figure it's it so out. so funny. Yeah, really what train I've learned it. is we should not quit our day jobs. We've already <laughs> right? established that. I quit my day job a long time ago. I mean, that's, that's true. You did. Now all I do is read books and sing weird He-Man songs. It's hey, I'll have you know I got a perfect score on. On being an old person and knowing no, music? No, I got a perfect score on, what was that? Rock band. On rock band. Oh. When me and Tyler used to play that, I could sing the hell out of that song. Which one? So could, what's going on? Do you know that he sung that on the radio oh, the other day? Jesus Christ. On purpose? Really? Yeah. They, I, they were giving him shit about something, so he sung that song. I'm was, a little scared by that, actually. It was not good. 
And now he's going to get a recording deal. <laughs> it was hilarious. No, that's it, not which, happening. Tyler's not a singer. No. <laughs> well, when he sung it, he had to do it without the lyrics or the music background. So he was oh, just yeah. going off of memory. Now, think of trying to sing a song without seeing, hearing the music or seeing the lyrics while you're doing it. You know how New York City has some of those, they have this diner where the waitresses have to burst into song, like because people will choose karaoke. So they'll choose the music and then the wait, a waitress will burst into song. Well, somebody chose Let It Go because it was snowing and freezing in New York City and it was the ice storm. She went outside there was no, mu- the music was inside. They made her go outside in her costume with a microphone and she sang that freaking song perfectly. Like one of the waiters inside was directing her. Oh my God. And I was like, holy I have chills crap. right now. Oh my gosh. And, and she kept like changing the lyrics. She was like, holy shit, it's cold. <laughs> and I was like, geez, guys. That's funny. I'll have to see if I can find that one. That was amazing. I can never do that. As I was trying to get across the parking lot from the book sale yesterday. It Did was you park so- in the lot like a, like where if you follow your GPS in and not the other lot? I parked in the lot that was closest to the highway. Yes. And it that lot was, was death. It was death on skates. I when I the came, grass. When I you would have done better if you were on skates. Now listen, yeah. this is uh, this actually happened as I was coming out. There was a little old lady with a you know those um I don't know what sect it is. It's a religious sect that wears skirts and c- like a little head covering. The um, Mennonites. The Mennonites probably. Mennonite maybe. I don't think they're yeah. Amish, but they read a lot. So every year we see a lot of them at the book sale. And there was this little old lady and this little old man trying to get across that parking Aww. lot. Aww. It was, and, I can't believe they didn't and, plow that And thing. a man came along and grabbed the guy like before he fell. Oh. But then the woman, was gonna get the woman is standing there. So I went over and got the woman and I nearly fell about four times trying to get her to the car. We got there and she hugged me and she said, oh, God bless you. Aww. I walked That's along so the sweet. fence in the grass until I got to my car because I was like, at least if I fall, I'm falling on the grass. Man, I had, do, I, I had no choice. I had to go right across the. I mean, you can't just leave a little old lady to break a fucking hip in the parking lot. Yeah. The no, other no, no, lot no. was more clear. If you came in on the other Ooh. side, it was like they'd plowed that. They just hadn't plowed the one closest to the highway. You know, like people who park here, you just take your lives into your hands. So my yeah. my let it go song would have been like all of the bad words. <laughs> sung at the highest Holy level. Holy shit, it's slippery. Oh my God. <laughs> it was it was bad. I was like, oh my God, they didn't plow this at all. Now you'd have to come up with the lyrics, Keith, because Keith, I don't, yeah. I've never my seen the whole thing. My fucking shoes are letting go. Where's <laughs> <laughs> the tread? And I was wearing, I was wearing sneakers. So I was wearing the best grip you could possibly get. I think we need to end before we continue to sing and get judged. I think so too Anyways, because it's really you need bad to have today. A three-book girl karaoke outing. Yay! It sounds like. Yes! Well, you know what? I was going to actually suggest that we come up with something like that for our April first, so that on the Saturday that that week we all go out to a bar. April Fools! You have to hear us sing. We ah! all go out to a bar and and sing karaoke on. I vote yes. April second. I don't even know what karaoke bars are around here. The one that oh, I used to that one. I used to go to is called Booger Reds, but it's in like Midwest City, and it's in a bad part of, part of town, and it's a little hole in the wall. Let's go bar. to Booger Reds and sing. Oh man, that place was fun back in the day, though. Booger Reds. Booger That's Reds. just disgusting. I'm sorry. Uh, Let. Let's see how bad I'm going to fall on my ass because my neighbor just texted me and said, hey, you want to go for a walk? And I was like, hell yeah, let's finish this podcast. So the next time we have this conversation, it will be from Megan's hospital room. (laughs) Because she will have a broken ass. You better be in the North Tower at OU because if I'm in the South Tower, I'm going to be pissed. You can Zoom from your hotel room so there's no excuse. (laughs) They have that little adjustable thing that goes right over your hospital bed. That's right. right. You're not getting out of this podcast that easy. She's Zooming in traction. Exactly. (laughs) 
That's Megan's kind of forced bondage right there. Traction. Yeah. Traction might be her kind of bondage. It's not my kind of bondage. <laughs> and on that note, that's going to do it for Three, three book, book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.